Dr. Larry Hall at 10 o'clock, December 18, 1989, at the Fruit Lab. Okay, um, I'm originally from Littlestown, so I'm not, I'm, I've been in Adams County in all my life, and uh, I uh, went to Mount St. Mary's College where I got my BS degree in biology and graduated in 1972. And at that time, my interests were in the field of microbiology. And I was hunting for a job when I graduated in 72 and just couldn't find anything in the area. So I started looking around here locally for a position. Stopped in here at the uh, Penn State Fruit Research Lab and filled out an application and received a phone call about two or three weeks later from Dick Fulmer, who at that time was working here out of the Department of Agriculture in Harrisburg running a survey project. And he offered me a position for about four or five months, and I thought, well, here's an opportunity to at least get some good practical field experience, and so I took the position. And about three-quarters of the way through that job, I think in, in early October, Dean Asquith approached me about doing a research, or taking on, being a research assistant under, under Dean, and he had just received a, a National Science Foundation grant to Dean Asquith, right, to uh, you know further the IPM program here in Pennsylvania, and so that was supposed to start December one, and I took uh, took that opportunity, and I worked in that position uh, full time for about a year. Uh, was Dean Asquith one of the pioneers? Oh yeah, Dean. Well, Dean is, you know, certainly in tree fruits, Dean. Dean is considered one of the pioneers, kind of the grandfather of IPM, certainly here on the East Coast. Uh, he had started the program back in the uh, 1967, 68, with uh, Bob Ruger as a student and later Dick Colburn as a student. And so, in 19, I started this position with Dean in, in, the, in December of 1972 and worked for him in that position for about a year until the fall of 1973, and at that time, Dean approached me and said, I think you would uh, make a good graduate student in entomology, and he said, I... What, uh, what did you kind of... That I was a research assistant. Research at, assistant in entomology. In entomology from December of 72 to really, I think it was like January or February of 1974. And Dean, at that time, said that I think good for you to go on and pursue a master's degree and I applied to Penn State and was accepted in the master's degree program and still remained here because I was married at that time my, my wife lived in uh, my wife and I lived here in Biggerville in an apartment downtown Biggerville she's from Hanover and uh, so she worked for uh, Gettysburg Times as a reporter at that time and I started pursuing master's degree driving back and forth with Doug Balker, who was a graduate student here at the time, under Bill Bodie. Pardon me? Yeah, we drove back and forth uh, three days a week. I started taking some classes in, uh, in entomology. And I started working on my thesis research in the summer of 74. And then about halfway through my research program, Dean said, you know, he said, I think you would uh, ought to go on for a PhD in entomology. But he said, if you... Uh, going to pursue a PhD and, and, and 
finish it under me because he said he was going to retire in early 1977. He says, you're going to have to bypass the master's degree because you can't face the master's and start all over for a PhD. So I uh, applied to the department to waiver the master's degree and, and was accepted into the PhD program, took the candidacy exam, and started on more coursework and more thesis research in, in the summer of 1975 and finished up my PhD really in the spring of 1977. And at that time I had uh, a number of interviews set up around the country to uh, look at a couple job possibilities and was fortunate enough to get an interview here at Penn State for Dean's position. And I had four job offers out of the five interviews that I had. And at that time then I was just sitting down trying to make the right decision where I wanted to work. And uh, I knew the Penn State program and was really uh, excited about the facilities here and, and working with the growers. And I saw this as the best opportunity. So I decided to uh, take this position over three or over the other three positions that I had. What was your doctor, uh, my PhD thesis centered around, uh, I think it was titled, The Functional and Numerical Responses of the Mite Predator, the Thoris, to the European Red Mite. And so uh, Dean was very pleased that I, that I got the job offer and I was taken on as a, uh, an instructor in entomology in May 1 of 1977. I couldn't, I wasn't taken on as an assistant professor. You got your PhD, I got a PhD in August, that's why they, they took me out as an instructor, and I, could, I couldn't become an assistant professor until I officially graduated from the university. So I was an instructor that first summer, and Dean worked uh, May and June, and retired June 30th, 1977. So then the program was officially mine, and after that point, although I you know, still worked closely with Dean, he and I had a few projects to finish, and always went to him for guidance on some things. He still stayed on after he officially retired. Well, he had an office down here, and he would come in once in a while, but he really didn't want to interfere. It was only upon my request would he actually have any input in the program. And so, at that time, then uh, I was really pleased uh, about the uh, about the position here and jumped right into the work. And uh, fortunately, in, in the fall of 1970 or spring of 1978. Uh, we received, applied for, and received a large grant uh, from uh, the United States Department of Agriculture and the Environmental Protection Agency to continue our work on integrated pest management. And it involved all the faculty here at the Fruit Research Lab at the tune of around $75,000 per year, which was a lot of money back in, again, back in the 70s for us. And uh, that grant uh, kept us going in terms of research for the next uh, six years. So, 1984. So, at that time, in 1977, once I got the position, my wife and I bought a house in, in Beeville Heights over here. Uh, in fact, we bought George Green's place. He was moving out, and we just had to be looking for a place. So, we, we lived there from 1977 through the early winter of 1984, and then we built our house over here. Your wife's name is Judy. Yeah. Our first child was born uh, in. November of 1976, so it's finished my graduate work, Suzanne, so she now is 13, and David then was born in January of 1980, for a while I was at the program, I was home. <laughs> yeah, 
So uh, uh, he's now uh, 10 years old, or will be 10 in January here. So then uh, uh, most of my work is centered around the development or continued development refinement of the integrated pest management program. We've done a lot of research on uh, developing or understanding how mites affect the productivity of an apple tree. We've developed uh, economic entry levels and thresholds for the European red mite. We also did a lot of work on rosy apple aphid during the late 70s, early 80s, when we were having a lot of serious problems with that and figured out uh, growers, the timing was not right in terms of their applications understood a lot about the biology of that organism. We also did a lot of work in computer modeling, trying to come up with ways to predict mite populations and predator populations in the orchard. And then in 1983-84, we started shifting our emphasis quite a bit in looking at the, probably our most serious pest right now in Apple in, in South Central Pennsylvania, South South Baltimore. And I had uh, one graduate student work with me in that area from 83 to 1985. Rob Mahar, and also another graduate student, Rob Mahar, M-E-A-T-H-E-R, and also Betsy Beers was a graduate student with me from 1983 through 85, B-E-A-R-S, B-E-R-S, Beers, Beers, and she, both of them received their PhDs in 1985 and went on to bigger and better things. From Penn State. From Penn State, right. Betsy now is a uh, assistant professor at Washington State University in Wenatchee. And Rob is an assistant professor at Westlake, Texas, for Texas A&M University. Also cooperated with uh, Jim Travis, the extension plant pathologist. Uh, we had another student in 1984-85 that worked on the interaction between cytosper and canker, and uh, the lesser features. Uh, in fact, earlier I had a student, Van Stark, who is uh, a local and he did his master's degree with me from 1980 through the end of 
the July 1 of 1989. So I've been very fortunate to have a, a good program here at Penn State, and uh, my department and colleagues up at the university have recognized that aspect and have promoted me through the ranks. Master's degree. Well, I never did finish the master's degree. I was able to bypass that by by uh, taking certain exams at Penn State, and uh, in order for me to finish up under dean, I had had to do it that way. And a number of other students in our department uh, petitioned the graduate program to do the same thing. So that that's a uh, perfectly legitimate avenue to, to explore. So I never did get my master's. I just went on for the PhD. So I, I always look back and I count my blessings that you know I worked for an individual like Dean Esquith, who I have the highest regard for. He told me one day, he said, I want to teach everything that I've learned in, in the last 35, 40 years. I'm going to do my best to teach all that to you in the next two years. So, and he certainly tried. And, and like I say, I have nothing but utmost respect for that individual. Certainly a great opportunity. Byron, uh, do you have any, uh, anything to say uh, about the very, very strict regulations that you see in the pesticides? Uh, you see the great waste management, how chemicals coming in from Norway and our agriculture? Well, I think, you know, with the recent food safety issues and recent environmental legislation, I think it's going to be much tougher for the grower to use pesticides, but I think they're still going to play an important role uh, in controlling most of the pests and tree fruits. I, you know, we're working on a lot of new avenues right now to minimize the use of pesticides, but, you know, as long as the general consumer is, uh, will only accept quality fruit, I still see Role pesticides to be very key. We just don't have alternatives right now to control many of our pests on tree fruits. Tree fruits are attacked by as many as 10 to 20 different pests on an annual basis, and for most of those organisms, it still takes pesticides. Now, you know, I think it may come down in the near future, maybe in the next five or 10 years, to really want to, you know, to use pesticides. You need to use them on a prescription type basis. That. You, know, you must justify every pesticide application you have to make. But you may have to have records of what the pest populations are in your orchards, and you know, and this may have to be signed, or, or you know, those uh, populations are going to have to be monitored by someone and then documented that you can use you know, this pesticide for this particular organism. But I still think we're going to have to have pesticides around for the foreseeable future. What part do you do and other scientists? the United States play in, let's say, educating the news media and other people in government authority who do not have the background of anthropology or agriculture? Well, I think, you know, being, you know, Penn State being a land-grant institution, you know, one of our major responsibilities is in the area of education. And I think we have to do everything as an individual, as a fruit industry, to educate the general public on uh, the risks and benefits of pesticides. We have to tell both the positive and the negative aspect. And I think we have to be very frank with them. We have to understand the fears of the general public, you know, but I think we have to do everything we can to educate them 
tell them, you know, why do we need pesticides? And I think we've made a tremendous strides just in the last year or so in educating the media. I think they have been ignorant of the risks and benefits uh, of pesticides. And so I think through working with the different media, the TV, the radio, the, the newspapers, uh, they've been, uh, once they've come in and seen our programs, you know, they, they have very good understanding for our program right now, and I think now they can report the news much more objectively than they did in the past. And growers be doing more than they're doing now so far? Well, I think, yes, I, I think growers can probably be doing, be doing a lot more than they are now. I know that the growers are under a lot of pressure to, to manage this farm, to follow all the regulations that they need to on a, on a daily basis. But I think they also have to be cognizant that they, you know, they are selling a product, they are using pesticides to grow that product, and they should try to do whatever they can to educate their neighbors, if they're uh, non-farmers, or, or to educate the, the buyers of their fruit, the you know, purchaser of their fruit, on, on the techniques that they're using to grow the fruit, just to have, so those people can have a general understanding of all the things that go into growing and marketing the product.